0: Welcome to Real ROI, the podcast for Australian marketing and automation, with your hosts Miles Agnew and Philip Parises. Welcome everyone to Real ROI episode six, with your hosts, me, Philip Parises, and Miles
1: Agnew. How's it going, Phil? How's it? This is our first podcast live together in the same room.
0: Yep, we're in a lovely lounge room. One of the biggest lounge rooms I've ever seen in my life, to be honest. And I've seen a few. Um, been Greek, I've seen a few, um, I, I guess, lounge rooms that no one's ever sat in. Pretty good deal. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: we've got quite a few seats and a very large TV in one side log room.
0: It does remind me of a cinema, I must admit. It does remind me of the movies. Ah,
1: yes, and they are electric. The two end ones are electric, so if you wanted to lay back
0: <laughs> and sit for this podcast. So uh, what are we talking about today? Well, today you're going to go through email marketing, especially on the unsubscribe side. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm going to discuss a forum authority strategy that uh, I've been doing for a while, probably over seven, uh, maybe eight years actually, since I was running a hosting company. Mm -hmm. And Uh, that's how we met. And that's Um, how we met. Yeah, Yeah, we did meet um, uh, through the hosting companies and on a forum and... Uh, and 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 here we are today, uh, many years later, doing a podcast together for everyone to listen to.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think I might kick off with a bit of email marketing. The number one thing I'm seeing on Facebook, and I'm a member of quite a few internet marketing groups on Facebook, is that uh, people are getting high spam complaints. Now, the reason for this is usually multiple things. One, there's either a disconnect with the message, so they signed up to get a free ebook. And then you're talking about some other product that really doesn't relate to the ebook, or you're not being uh, fully transparent on what they signed up for. So, what I do, I have an extremely large list, and um, the bottom of my emails basically say, You signed up using this email address and you need to put the email address in the message and the reason for that is for people like me who have forwarders so you might have you know multiple domains multiple accounts and they all forward to the one place you don't know which email you use to subscribe so you put the email at the bottom of the thing you subscribe with this email on this date from this site
0: okay so, so with that said, let's break it down a little uh, It's a, it's a, that's a very technical for me Mm-hmm. I guess, and it might be technical for everyone out there. Did you mention that people have come through Facebook at the start? Did you say Facebook? Or oh,
1: yeah, fa- Facebook is the um, forum or the that I'm hearing the complaints on. Oh, okay, so yep. uh, and you can use obviously if you opt in via Facebook using an opt-in lead uh, or a system where they, you've got an opt-in page on there. You also want to gather that information as well. You want to put the full URL of where they opted in at.
0: Okay, so in the in the I guess um, an example with MailChimp, in your email, in your HTML email or your normal email to someone, you would put at the bottom of that email where they've actually signed up at what list and with what email address. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You say,
1: you've subscribed to list blah, 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 email address, date, and uh, URL. And now I've put that at the bottom of my email list. along with the unsubscribe underneath that and they and that way the person can know oh yeah i signed up to this website and i can unsubscribe this
0: way and that's just to show them hey, you signed up for this we're not sending you spam
1: yeah that's right and Mm -hmm. obviously if you're using a double opt-in method they've got to confirm their email address for them to get a message anyway if they're not confirmed then you should go in probably once a month depending on your provider and delete that contact you don't want to spend money on having data of that contact. And the other trick I use is I actually well because I have high volumes of uh, lists, every three months if someone hasn't clicked on my email like hasn't opened them, I delete them from my list.
0: Okay, is that an automated process? Yes. Or is that so, something someone yeah. can do through MailChimp? Or? Um,
1: you can do it as an action. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure with MailChimp but I will find out for the listeners and get back to you next week on that one. Awesome. And um, basically what happens is if They don't open an email within three months. So three emails roughly because I send once a month. I just unsubscribe them or delete them from the list. And what that does is obviously, unless it's a product, of course, if they're subscribed to a product where they need support and stuff, I leave them on the list. But if it's just a pure opt-in, you know, get a freebie sort of list, I um, remove them.
0: Yeah, okay. So if someone... um... If someone does uh, complain for spam, how do you handle that? In the sense of the e- email, the person, especially if they, let's say they still have a service that you um, that, that you're supplying to them.
1: Okay, so I guess the the thing is, depending on where they lodge their complaint, there's multiple places you can lodge a complaint. If they lodged it with a provider, and all you have to do is send the provider proof that they opted in on this date. Um, I've had a complaint where they've lodged through ClickBank. I sent ClickBank the full log of their email activity mm-hmm. and they were quite happy with that. Okay. So I, I showed where they when they opted in, when they confirmed their opt-in and when they clicked on the email and so on. So I could clearly demonstrate that they were all from the same IP and they were all from that particular person using that particular browser That's and operating all- system.
0: That's awesome. So So basically what... Uh, what we're telling the listeners uh, is that you're, you're you're trying to tell people when you're sending them an email where they've come from, and that that they they get an the email for a reason because they've signed into something. That's right. And second of all, how to handle them when um, when they leave. Yeah, guess,
1: that's right. At the same time, so yeah.
0: it saves you money because you're not you've got, don't have email addresses in your system that you're probably paying for the space with the, the different providers, et cetera, yeah, The right. email providers, and you're not wasting. Uh, money sending them those emails because you get charged. It's about five cents, I think, an email sometimes. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So and and like when you start doing you know three four hundred thousand contacts a month, you want to make sure that you're getting to the right people, you're getting the right message, and you're not wasting your time, and more importantly, you're not wasting theirs.
0: Yeah, and saving yourself some money in the process.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, a good example of this is uh, a recent one that I signed up for is snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Really great content. Um, Videos, but obviously when it gets into a season or when i get to a particular period where i'm confident with snowboard i'll probably unsubscribe so you've got to have that sort of future um, plan as well
0: almost like a future expectation that the people will go through the content and after a certain amount of time will probably drop off because they become a uh, possibly professional um or they've, they've they they might have uh, gone to a stage that they don't that they don't need your information anymore and shouldn't be offended by that that's you know you've actually succeeded in what you're trying to do yeah definitely and, and in the process um hopefully they've bought something off you or um they might have left you good comments on a blog or a facebook
1: yeah that's it page. and and they may be wanting that's where you, you know when you get to your fifth or sixth message where you should start surveying your list And yeah. i'll talk about more of that later in future podcasts but that's where you want to start product development For future stuff, so, for example, this snowboarding one that I'm on at the moment, it's really basic stuff. But once I get to that basic stuff, I'm probably going to need more, um, you know, how to do tricks and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. So you really want to look at that as well.
0: So so you're also looking at into the future how you can, uh, for the mature people on your list, mature being maturity on the list. So if they've been on your list for over, let's say, a year that they might have gone to a stage that snowboarding again, that they want to learn tricks. So you can supply content with tricks or uh, supply like a DVD that you can sell them with um, snowboarding tricks, for example. So you haven't lost that connection.
1: That's right. And and it doesn't have to be your product, obviously. You can always upsell someone else's who's already in that market. So. Yeah, that's a good example of how to manage your email list and really get the most out of it. So let's uh, talk about uh, authority on forums. It's an amazing topic.
0: Yeah, and it's a pretty big topic, but I can um, I can compact it into a way that people will understand. And I, to be honest, I, I, I fell into this strategy accidentally. I like to talk, if you guys can't tell. Miles knows that. Right. So um, I do like to talk. And what I used to do is go into forums when they were pretty popular back in um, the early 2000s. And um, I used to like uh, giving my opinion about things. And also, while giving my opinion, I I knew a lot about hosting back then. And I still do now, but things have changed. (laughs) But um, what I would do is go into forums and help as many people as possible. Right, so I used to go to multiple forums. There was um, uh, a few Australian hosting forums, there was a few American hosting forums. There was actually company forums, big companies in the US and Australia that had forums that I used to, I used to go and help people inside com- competitors' forums because people would look up my name, people would look up some type of my signature and realise that I'm actually a competitor and I'm helping people even before the support people on other people's companies. So they built a relationship through there. Uh, one of the problems is, and one of the things that someone asked me on a forum about three, four years ago, I think you were on that forum too, miles, is how do you do everything? How do you get to so many forums at the same time? Because at at one point I was responding to about six or seven forums at the same time, and one was an uh, entrepreneur uh, sort of like entrepreneur forum, one was internet marketing, and a few other forums I actually had a car forum and different things I was responding. So basically, what I would do is respond using uh, audio to my project manager or my VA at the time. And I'll give her... She'll basically transcribe everything I said. And um, I'll give her the logins, etc. And she'll go in and actually respond. Yeah. So she nice. used to re- respond as, as myself, exactly what I used to say. Obviously, I used to just um, scan over and see what she said and make sure she got all the spelling correct and uh, the point, punctuation, what I was trying to say. But uh, that allowed me to be on some different forums in... I could make a post basically, respond on my phone, send it over to my VA, and it would be on the forum. And from there, I gained a lot of business. I also gained um, a lot of friends. I've also gained a lot of enemies for helping people too much sometimes where other people were charging for that information at the time.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so, you can use this strategy on Facebook. It's not just forums. You can use it on uh, pages on Facebook when people ask questions. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of quite a few pages on Facebook and finding that a lot of people are asking the same questions just in different forums.
0: Yeah, and don't forget you can use the Facebook search. And yeah. You can search for topics on Facebook that are actually, I think the trending or something that they're very high up that people keep um, talking about. Yeah. So you can actually search in, um, for example, in New South Wales. Or Queensland, if someone has uh, someone who's gone on holiday to another state, you can actually go in and see their post and actually respond to them inside their post or inside the group's post, I should say. Yeah. So you can respond very easily. And all of a sudden, people start relating your name. People look you up. How many times has everyone out there clicked on someone's name that they saw on Facebook just to see who they are, who they're from? Mm. And of course, everyone has their website. Or if you, if you don't put your website on your profile, and people can go back and oh that's cool I'll check out this website and all of a sudden another thing is you also get Google juice. Yeah. Facebook is ranking really well. It's got high um, page rank. Yep. And, and they, you're yeah and you're yeah. getting up there with they, Google.
1: And they use an algorithm called Edge Rank mm-hmm. and uh, we recently discussed this in another podcast uh, how we went to a uh, an event and I were talking about this Edge Rank and we. Uh, I, I that night I looked it up and you know analyzed how you could measure this edge rank. It does change a little bit, but there's quite a few a few tools out there that you can measure your audience based on this edge rank. Yeah, algorithm. edge rank
0: is basically uh, what you can see through social media, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, LinkedIn, and also some ratings on SEO. Yeah. Uh, how your name's coming up? So it's mixing that up and making its own algorithm, I guess. I, I think it's pretty it's pretty much a guesstimate yeah but at the same time uh it gives you a bit of an indication if everyone's using the same thing to measure i guess the same variables it gives a good indication of what's happening in the industry so using once again back to the forum authority part i use that very successfully and i gained uh, i mentioned that last week i gained most of my clients through forum posts through helping people and people asking me to help them in their business and even their hosting business in some instances. Mm. So that's my for, um, forum authority. It's become a product recently from uh, someone I spoke to a couple of years ago. And it have made it into a full-blown product. So um, I'm very proud someone else is making money off it. But that's all right. That's what we want to see. Ideas yeah. working for everyone.
1: Yeah, that's it. What are we going to talk about next week, Phil? I mean, we're pretty... We're steaming along. Episode 5 now. we're no, Episode 6. 6 uh-huh. already.
0: Yeah, episode six. 6. And then we're hit, hitting episode 7. So what are we going to talk about? We've got a few things to talk about, actually. Um, as uh, on this side, the holiday season's coming up. I mean, it's coming up everywhere. But um, it's a festive season for different people. So some people call it Christmas. Some people call it the festive season. Um, let's see what we can do for sales help you if you have an e-commerce site or if you have the sort of business that winds down during Christmas, uh, let's discuss what sort of business online you can do to keep people, um, keep people interested in what you're doing into 2013 so they don't forget you over Christmas if you have a service-based business not even online. Mm, we'll see, we'll do some local marketing ideas that keeps you running through the, through the not-so-busy period if you have so, so a, a company like that. Yeah, okay. I, I we'll tie into that. I'll old
1: do some little sms marketing yeah email marketing over the christmas period and gifting gifting is really important mm-hmm. over this festive season as you can see uh black friday uh, cyber monday and australian favorite is click frenzy
0: and that brings us on to our other topic what uh what my rant about this week is oh, Click yes. frenzy yes i'd have to agree with this rant yeah okay so i'll get the rant going then um click frenzy was a big uh marketing push to get everyone's email addresses and um unfortunately if you signed up to click frenzy or one of those other services that sort of supplies the same um, idea of uh, come to us we'll give you daily deals if you normally check a daily deals website you can probably search for the product you're trying to buy and you'll probably find it cheaper on using other services on, on eBay. ebay or other services like uh my shopping or static ice i think you mentioned yeah. before my shop but yeah shop there's all these different places that you can probably find um, the item is cheaper somewhere else. To be honest, so sorry for the guys that love those uh, daily deal sites, and uh, who doesn't? To be honest, a yeah. lot of people buy off it.
1: Yeah, I buy off them. I bought it off
0: Catch of the Day this week. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Miles is a big fan, but uh, with uh, Click Frenzy, I think um, what upset me was the media, the media element to it, and I, I mean, there was massive push, there was massive PR behind the actual whole click frenzy. It wasn't only an online campaign, it was all about the media. So they paid a lot of money to get all that attention to the website and people going crazy over it. To be honest, I hate how they blamed the host that when the website went down. I can guarantee you the people that think about about click frenzy and how many people they're going to actually have, they should have planned out how, how many servers, how many cloud servers should have been allocated to the actual launch. You're yeah, uh, still blaming the host uh, about it. Yeah,
1: how, how about I give you a formula for that? I, I can actually give you a formula. So, so let's just say you went into pre launch, all right? And in pre launches where you cl- collect the email addresses and names, and that's what Click Frenzy did. Mm-hmm. You times that by a thousand. And that's what your first hour of traffic is going to be like. And you times it by a 1,000 again for the first eight hours. So that's the sort of scale you're looking at. If you've got your marketing right, that's the sort of scale. I don't know how many email addresses they got, but they're pulling a number like a million. So I would say if they pulled a million email addresses, and I don't think there's what only 8 point something million people in Australia, I would say hmm, that... that like if they did pull a million I'd find that unbelievable, but not at
0: the same time anyway, like even if yeah. they had a million ad- addresses, if they if everyone knew, I mean everyone knew it started yeah. at a certain time, that's fair enough. you're not gonna get you're not going to get in theory a million people waiting for that website to go live for them to hit on. No, I would say I would, I would, do, I would not expect anything less than maybe uh, 4 or five5,000. At a time, oh, yeah, uh, and that's I and that's been very to... generous to uh, frenzy. I would have thought higher than that. I yeah, would have higher. Tens,
1: no? tens of thousands.
0: I'd that be likes... interested to know those stats. Yeah, we, we should.
1: Yeah, we might check that out. No? I
0: do know that web host personally. Yeah. So I, I know it's probably um, the information is a big secret, but I could ask what sort of um, maybe servers they they used for the actual ClickFrenzy. Yeah, I'd be they very def-
1: interested. They were definitely using some Amazon there for a bit. Uh, to store some of the imaging Mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, What I found disturbing about the click frenzy thing is that they didn't push into social media. So they took your email address, they could have easily sent an email saying, hey, we're having website problems, check out the Facebook page, we're feeding the product straight into Facebook, you'll be able to click and order straight from Facebook.
0: Yeah, that would have been a better method. And Um, they should have a backup service, always have a backup plan. I mean, any website, always have a backup plan like you have a payment gateway. If you're using PayPal, what happens when PayPal shuts you down? You need a backup plan, and you need it before, before the problems start. That's the major thing. Remember, make it, the backup plan needs to be there before it happens.
1: And it needs to be tested. And working. Exactly yeah. right. Um, I use Paymate and TwoCheckout for my payment things. I've advised all my customers to at least have one other as a backup and have it active. So fail over every now and then just to make sure it still works and that all your systems are working. There's no point having something and then switching it on and finding out it doesn't work. Um, I know I do a lot of consulting with government and stuff and they have diesel generators. They run those diesel generators probably one or two days every month. And the reason they do that is obviously to clear out the fuel, make sure that they've got adequate uh, diesel and uh, it's clean yep, diesel fresh. Yep. and making sure that all the um, facilities of that uh, generator work. So yeah. you want the same thing in your business, um, same with autoresponders, always have a backup plan for an autoresponder. You don't need to have a live active one because it's, you know, you're not going to send an email every five seconds. You just have a backup of your list and you can pull your list and put it into another autoresponder.
0: And it starts working for you because you shut down your email autoresponders. Uh, For a lot of people, that's most of their business.
1: And it's the same with web traffic. I I don't know how many people have gone under in the last 12 months with Google traffic. Uh, That's their own focus. No Google AdWords, no Facebook, no social media, Mm -hmm. uh, no email marketing. They've just targeted oh this keyword's the greatest well, we rank number one on this three days later they're not even on the first page and their business has gone overnight
0: exactly and let's hope they have a good backup plan to um, for stores of money until they can do something about it that's, that's for sure
1: it. and it's a lot more expensive let me tell you to do something when it Happens and you haven't got a backup plan. It's easier to do a backup plan uh, while you've still got things operating because obviously it doesn't take as much time. You've got the facility in place. You go test it all. Then, oh, hang on, I've got customers complaining. I've got orders coming out my ears. I can't facilitate because I'm trying to get a new payment gateway. The bank's going to take a week or two to get sorted. Yeah, you put yourself in a really bad position.
0: And we don't want that for your businesses. Once again, guys, don't forget to go to realri.com pro leave a voicemail a voice message message on the side there you can't miss it and uh, don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us your comments we'd love to hear from you if anyone wants us to review the actual website and give them uh, assistance we'd love to help you um, help you with uh, user experience I guess and give you some uh, some hints and tips on uh, the way you should be heading don't please don't hesitate to contact us for another week uh, goodbye and thank you for joining us
1: yeah thanks for listening we'll catch you next week Goodbye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Real ROI. For more information and transcripts of the show, visit the podcast website at www.realroi.pro.